0: Hey, my name's Ruben, the lead pastor here at Crossroads Church. Welcome to our podcast, where you can catch up on all the messages that you might have missed, or you might want to hear again. We hope you enjoy this message. We hope it challenges you. We hope it encourages you. And we hope ultimately that it would draw you closer to Jesus. Enjoy. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For He chose us in Him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight. In order that we who were first, were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of His glory. You were also included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked with Him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit who is a deposit guaranteeing our inher- her- inheritance until the redemption of those who are in God's possession to the praise of His glory. For this reason, we receive an inheritance. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You can go ahead and grab a seat. What a wonderful piece of, piece of Scripture. My name is Ruben, I'm the lead pastor here. I'm one of the elders, and it's a, it's a privilege to be able to open up God's Word tonight. It's a privilege to be with, uh, to be here, and it's wonderful to be part of a baptism service. So good, isn't it? And um, I, I really feel like tonight is, is going to be special for you, Harriet, and um, I'm really stoked that you're taking this step and following God's commands. But We are looking at this new series, and as Isaac's already preempted us, we are looking at for this reason. And um, I hopefully by the next uh, 25 minutes or so, I'll be able to tell you what that reason is, and um, we'll look at it together. But um, we're looking at Ephesians chapter 1, so if you want to jump into your Bibles, that's where we'll be. Um, This movement of thought in these letters, it divides into two distinct halves for the whole um, book. In the first half, chapters 1 to 3, Um, Paul explores the the story of the gospel and how all of history came to its climax in Jesus and His creation of this multi-ethnic community of followers. In the second half of the book, chapters 4 to 6, it's linked to the first by the word therefore. There Paul explores how the gospel should affect the way we live our lives personally, in our communities, and also within our families. I'm, I'm really excited about this series. I'm, I'm really looking forward to looking into it together for this reason in the book of Ephesians. Ephesians is both a theological book, um, and it's also a really practical, practical book that is beneficial for the church right throughout all the ages. And the main theme of the book is Christ and the church and the relationship between them. The author, Paul, uh, wants his readers to know who Christ is, uh, what he's done and how that impacts the church in which he was founded. So, since this is our first sermon in the series, I thought it was important that I give you a bit of an introductory to the book and, and set the scene for us. So, as I said, it's, it's widely accepted that Paul, in fact, was the author of the book of Ephesians. It's uh, believed to be a letter that has been written to the church in Ephesus, and it's an ancient city in Asia, Asia Minor, which is now known as modern-day Turkey. You see, there's an aspect of this uh, letter that is written in a very general manner, and if you're familiar with Paul's writing, uh, writings, he's often either writing to um, answer a particular question, or maybe a particular heresy or a particular challenge. But um, Paul, in this in this book, is is writing in a general way about the relationship between Christ and the church. In fact, many people believe that Paul wrote this letter with the intention for it not just to be read to the smaller churches in the presence um, in the city of Ephesus, but also to the surrounding cities of Asia Minor. And indeed also, this letter is actually really helpful for us or any followers of Jesus Christ who are part of the church. So we've had um, our first uh, Day of the Way training that we're doing here as a community, and if you're not familiar with that, there's lots to learn about that um, on our website, and Isaac would love to talk to you more about that as well. Um, but it's, 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 a, it's a training that we've been looking at uh, with Nick and Sarah Field, and um, we learned in the first um, session that the church is a movement of everyday missionaries. The church is a movement of everyday missionaries. And we know this statement is true because that is precisely what books of the Bible, such as Ephesians, is all about. Throughout the book, uh, Paul reflects on the gospel and how it affects us as individuals, our families, our communities. And four times in the book, Paul speaks about a beautiful aspect of the gospel, and then he follows up with a statement for this reason in which he goes on to explain how this aspect of the gospel is affecting the way he lives, or how it should be affecting the Ephesians' lives. And the good news of that the gospel compels us to live completely different. And on this journey throughout the book of Ephesians, we'll learn what it means to live our lives as everyday missionaries. Everyday missionaries. Sound good? Sound good? Great. Fantastic. So I thought we'd start today's uh, message with a light question. Are Christians predestined, or do we have free will? (laughs) What are you laughing for? It's a bit of a question, right, isn't it? And um, there's been a lot of ink spilled over this topic, a lot of discussions between Christian scholars, uh, a lot of discussion between theology students. And um, I won't be able to discuss it in depth today, uh, and it's also not the purpose of today's topic, um, but it is in our passage. It is mentioned a couple of times, and um, I don't want to pretend like it's not there, um, but here here are my thoughts and what I've come to understand around this passage. Um, now, I've looked at this passage many times. I've um, been a theology student, so uh, we've had a few, few heated conversations around this topic, um, which is a real shame because it doesn't need to be that way. But anyway... This this topic does seem to divide quite a bit, um, and there's two main characters who seem to have uh, feel that in John Calvin and, and Jacob Arminius, um, two guys who have presented two different views on what they believe is in this in this passage. Um, I, don't, I just want to share with you what I, I believe I see in scriptures. What I what I see and what what I'm what I'm sure of is that our hearts. Our hearts, because of the fall of man right back to the Garden of Eden, have strayed so far away from God because of our sin. So, our sin, our sin separates us from God. That's what's keeping us apart. And I believe what I read in the Bible to say that we are, because of our sin, we are incapable of choosing God by ourselves, okay? So, that might sound strange to you uh, if you've really um, invested time into looking at these two guys, Um, but actually both John Calvin and Jacob Arminius, they believed that the human will was utterly incapable of freely choosing Christ by themselves. You see, we are so lost in sin, which separates us from God, that unless God provides grace to us prior to making that decision to follow Him, we cannot be saved by ourselves. God must extend His grace to us in order for us to accept Him. You see, the difference between Arminius um, followers will believe that God provides that grace to each and every person. Um, Calvin will say that it's only a a certain point of people who are going to be chosen and who are going to be genuinely saved. Now, we won't go into that topic any further But predestination, as I understand, it is God's determination to elect His children His own. And according to verse 4, in which we read today, for He chose us in Him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight. So because of those two guys who've caused a lot of discussion around this, sometimes people will look at that verse and get quite scared by it. But I think this verse really provides us assurance that if I'm a follower of God, if I'm saved by God, well, He has shown His mercy to me, not because I'm wise and I've chosen God, but rather God has shown His mercy to me, a sinner. And it's really obvious in scriptures that it's clear that God chooses people for specific roles, specific jobs. Look at Abraham. He chose Abraham to be a father of many nations. Look at Paul, the author of this book. He was clearly called by God's Spirit on the road to Damascus. God chooses people. Chooses people. So, let's look at the other side. Let's quickly look at free will. Free will works in such a way that I do that which is in my heart. I do the desires of my heart. Whatever my heart dictates to me, I'm free to do. And of course, God gives us some really great um, boundaries around what that should look like as followers. But prior to me giving my life to Christ, my heart was full of sin. And my heart would tell me to do things that weren't of God. They were actually the complete opposite of God because I didn't have God in my heart. But now that God has extended His grace to me and called me to be His child, I now have God in my heart, and my desire of my heart has changed completely. And my desire of my heart, and I freely choose to do this because I love God, my desire is to, to love Him, to honor Him with my life, and to share the good news of Jesus, and to worship Him wholeheartedly. So I freely choose for God, but it was because of God's action, His grace and His mercy that predestined me into His kingdom in the first place. So I hope you're not completely confused with that, but I believe the two of them actually work in a similar way. We can choose freely, but we wouldn't be able to choose freely if it wasn't for God to release His, um, His mercy and His grace towards me in the first place, which is good news. God does. God has in the name of Jesus, which is great news. So let's park that for now. We quickly jump through that question, and if you've got any more questions, Isaac would love to talk to you about it. No problem. It's his his favorite topic. Look at the scripture with me. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. That is beautiful. Beautiful. You see, as we read this scripture, often sometimes we get distracted. And I think particularly when we went to Ephesians chapter 1, maybe in the past, because of the discussion around um, predestination and free will, we might have got distracted slightly and missed a few things. And I think there's a lot for us to learn in this passage. There's some major themes that really float right throughout the book of um, Ephesians. Um, So let me put up the text for you as one big um, piece of text. Uh, And this is what we're looking at today. Now, I don't expect you to read it, so don't worry. Um, But the reason why I put it up there is because in the original language, when this was written, this was actually one long sentence, okay? So, for all the grammar police out there, this would be a nightmare for you. Um, But this is just one long sentence. So, if you imagine as Paul is writing this, or if someone's writing it for him, he takes a deep breath and then just says it all at once, okay? Okay? And it's everything about the blessing that we've received um, because we've been in Jesus. He's clearly very excited about this. I can imagine he just went on and on and on and on because he really wanted us to understand that being in Jesus was a real blessing. And the reasons that we've received this blessing is because that we are in Christ. And if you look at the next slide, I think Paul's trying to show us something here. In Christ, in Him, in the One, in Him, in Christ, in Him, in Christ, in Christ, in Him. You see, for those of us who have followed Christ, this is crazy. For those of us who followed Christ, God looks on us not as fallen and broken individuals, but as followers who've been made perfect and blameless in Him. In Him. And according to Paul, we believe that because we are in Christ, we receive a spiritual blessing. It's a real privilege to be in Christ. And I believe he gives us three ways in which he shows us about this blessing that we've experienced. And I want to give you three words to remind us of the spiritual blessing. And they are chosen, redeemed, and sealed. And this is how, those of us who are saved, this is how we experience this spiritual blessing. For He chose us in Him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in in, in His sight. You know, I can hear people say, but but I chose Jesus. I decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. You see, when Paul was writing to the church in Galatians, he said this in chapter 4, verse 9. But now that you know God, and then he pauses. And he says, or rather are known by God. See, what is this, what, what divine mystery is this? How does this all work? Well, Paul makes it very plain what he's saying here. He says, before any of us were ever born, before the city of Palmerston North was ever founded, before Christians came to New Zealand, before the apostles left Galilee, before Jesus walked as, on the earth as a human, before Moses recorded the Ten Commandments, before Noah built the ark, before Adam and Eve walked in the Garden of Eden with God, God chose us to be His own. What a beautiful miracle. And that's the reality for those of us who follow Christ. Because of God and His great, amazing, mind-blowing mercy, He chooses us to be His children. And as we talked about at the start, the fact that there's been so much discussion and argument about being chosen before the world began and what that means, I believe we've missed it because God's incredible grace means that we get chosen at all. Like, it's just incredible that He would choose us. We don't deserve it, but in His mercy, He chooses us. And here's a really important point. Please remember this. We don't get to choose who God chooses. Our role as Christians, as followers of Jesus, is to continue to share the gospel with everyone that we meet. Our job is to share the gospel to all the ends of the earth because God so loved the world that whosoever, whosoever. You see, we have this beautiful picture that we are chosen by God, adopted into His family to be sons and daughters of the King. And because of that, we get to experience every spiritual blessing. Every spiritual blessing. In Him, we have the redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. So, not only are we chosen by God, but we are redeemed by Jesus. Redeemed by Jesus. So, redeemed is maybe not a word that we um, we use often. Maybe not a word you're familiar with. But what, what does it mean to be redeemed? It means to get or win back, to free uh, from the distress or harms, such as to be free from captivity by payment of a ransom, to remove from or help to overcome something Detrimental. Sound, sounds quite um, familiar, doesn't it? In other, in other words, we are born with sin. What we talked about at the start, we're born with sin, which separates us from God. But because of Jesus, and here's the good news because of Jesus, we can be freed from our sin. In Him, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Such good news. You see, in order for that score of sin to be settled, there had to be a sacrifice. And God didn't say, you know what, just forget about it. We'll not even we'll pretend it didn't happen. No, he didn't say that because God hates sin. And in order for that debt to be settled, to be cancelled, someone had to pay for it. And that someone was our Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. He took the punishment of our sin. And because of the work of Jesus, we have this thing called redemption, which, which is, a, is a word that comes from way back. And they used to use this word when, um, uh, uh, they used to use it a lot back in, uh, in ancient times when a slave was uh, bought out of slavery and adopted into a family, it was called redemption. And Paul later says in the book of Galatians, he says that those of us who are in Christ were no longer slaves to sin. We're no longer slaves to sin. You are sons and daughters of the king. Church, I hope you're beginning to see how precious you are in the eyes of God. You're so precious to Him. Now, I realize I'm, I'm, I'm working through this pretty fast, and I hope you're staying with me, but I'm, I'm trying to get you to see how rich this text is, and often we haven't spent enough time looking at it. These discussion guides that we come up with, um, that Isaac puts a lot of work into, they're really there for this reason and um, to spend more time in the, in the text. So if you get time, get one of those discussion guides and spend time in the, um, in the in the passage. And there's lots of great questions to really help you just to think a bit deeper into that. But imagine these three words, chosen, redeemed, and sealed. They're like three hooks that hold the whole passage together. Chosen, redeemed, and sealed. And let's keep working through it. Chosen by the Father, redeemed by the Son, and sealed by the Spirit. And you also were included in Christ. You and you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. Back in ancient times, and when some someone had something that was really, really precious to them, what they would do is they would make a container, most likely out of clay. And they would make a, a, a container for this precious item to sit into, and they would set that precious item into that container, and they'd put the lid on it, and they would melt uh, like a wax type th- um, substance to to seal the top of the the container. And then what they would do is they would take a stamp or a mark, and they would uh, mark the top of the container to let people know that this was this was mine. This this was this is mine, and it's really precious to me. And you were sealed. And this is marked to say that it was mine. You know, that's a promise to us, that when you accept that you're chosen by God, and when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you're then marked with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit. It's so beautiful, isn't it? You see, in John 14, we have this picture where Jesus is talking to the disciples, and He says, guys, look, I need to tell you something. I I need to go. I need to go. And I'm sure at that moment they would have thought to myself, how on earth can we survive without having Jesus? They'd just done three years of ministry with Him. they had seen so much. They'd been through so many things together. And He says, I must go away, but don't worry. I'll send my Spirit to be with you. And that Spirit, that Holy Spirit, is a deposit guarantee in our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession. You see, the Holy Spirit is active in our lives to remind us that when we are in Christ, and our full inheritance is yet to come, when we'll be fully redeemed and made new by the returning king, sealed by the Spirit, you're God's possession. You're God's possession. You're chosen by the Father redeemed by the son and sealed by the spirit church this is our spiritual blessing this is what a spiritual blessing this is what the spiritual blessing is that they're talking about in this passage that you're chosen by the father redeemed by the son and sealed by the spirit you see when you listen to the message of truth like you're hearing right now when you put your faith in Jesus Christ you receive the spiritual blessing this is the reality of our faith. You'll hear about this in the coming weeks that there is immeasurably more to be experienced through Christ when you understand this. When you're in the grind of, uh, of Monday morning and you're not really feeling up to it and you're seeking motivation, but when you stop and you realize that I'm chosen by the Father, redeemed by the Son, and sealed by the Spirit, that changes everything. Because that is more than enough. It's more than enough. That is every blessing that we could ever wish for, imagine for, to be chosen by the Father, redeemed by the Son, and sealed by the Spirit. Wow. So let's take another step back as we we look at this passage one more time. Why does this all matter? Why does it all matter? Why does it matter to be chosen by the Father, redeemed by the Son, and sealed by the Spirit? Well, look, let's look at the long sentence again. I reckon Paul's trying to teach us one more thing. Why it's all important. Well, I think it's this. To bring glory to His name. To the, bra- the praise of His glorious grace. For the praise of His glory. To the praise of His glory. Church, the purpose of God's incredible grace is to welcome us as participants in praise, to join in on the song of declaring the name that's above every name. You see, church, that's what you and I are made for. We're designed to worship and praise God. You're chosen by the Father, redeemed by the Son, sealed by the Spirit, so that you can bring praise and glory to His name. And you know what? He is so worthy of that praise. So worthy. And you know, I take a real comfort in knowing that that God did decide to show His mercy and His grace on us. People that were wandering so far him, away from Him, people that were separated from Him because of our sin, And he sent his son, Jesus, so that we could be made new in him. And because of the amazing work on the cross that we have a way back to the Father. And when we accept Jesus as our Savior, if we say to God, God, I'm all in, I'm ready to give up the ways of the past. I want you to take my sin. I want you to to hold me accountable, to live my life for you. Then comes the spirit upon you. And he seals you and he says, you're mine. You're mine. And it's great to know that you're in the comfort of our Father's hands because He says that He'll never let you go. No matter how far, no matter where you go, I will always love you. And I'll be waiting there with open arms. You see, whether you make that decision tonight or whether you've been a Christian for 100 years, when we experience and understand the spiritual blessing that we're reading about here tonight in this passage, when we live in that reality, when we walk in that truth each and every day of our lives, then we realize that we have a spiritual blessing. We have a spiritual blessing that is from the heavenly places because we are in Christ Jesus. And because of that blessing, our praises go up. Because of that blessing, our praises go up. You see, church, this is what fuels our worship. We come to worship and we sing songs and we meet together like this, not to make ourselves feel better or to help change our mood, but those things do happen from time to time and I'm thankful for it. But it's because we're chosen by the Father, redeemed by the Son, and sealed by the Spirit so that we can praise and glorify His name. I invite you to stand with me. I'm going to read a. I'm going to read a, a poem, or um, I think modern day it's called a spoken word these days. And um, don't get too excited. I didn't write it, but it summarises this passage so beautifully. I want to leave it with us as as we as we consider these words, and we're about to enter into a time of praise and worship, and we're about to experience a baptism, which means that someone is saying that I belong to Jesus Christ, that I have been sealed by the Spirit. I'm chosen by the Father, redeemed by the Son, and sealed by the Spirit. Maybe just um, close your eyes to prevent yourself from distraction as we think about these words. You're chosen by the Father, redeemed by the Son. You're sealed by the Spirit, our God, three in one. To the praise of His glory is the theme of our song. From beginning to end, He's loved you all along. He poured out His grace. He called you His own. Adopted as children. You'll never be alone. You're bought with a price. Redeemed by His blood. Every sin washed away. Forgiveness like a flood. To call this a mystery, it goes without saying our union with Christ, He won't be the land. To all who believed, you are marked with a seal. You are filled with the Spirit. a guarantee that it's real. He's given us this promise. With Christ, we are raised, chosen, redeemed, sealed. Let His name be praised. Thanks for listening to the Crossroads Church Podcast. If you'd like any more information on our church, how to give, or maybe after today's message you'd like to talk to someone, you can find out everything you need to know on our website, which is crossroads.co.nz. Make sure you click subscribe on this podcast so you don't miss out on new content. Thanks for stopping by.